According to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15, that believers are to make a defense for the hope that you have. Also Philippians chapter 1 verse 7, It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. We are commanded to defend the word of God, the context of the word of God, and the purity of the word of God. This is the defender of the word of God. Good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, family, friends. Once again, we are on the Defender, and we are so excited to have you back with us at the desk once again. Today's date is Sunday, April the 7th, 2019, and we are extremely excited to be back on another broadcast of Defender. Thank you. I hope your week was well, and you all are doing fine. We just want to thank you for coming on the broadcast and being with us. Listen, you know that you can always catch up on our previous episodes. If you miss any of our broadcasts, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash the hyphen defender. That's anchor.fm forward slash the hyphen defender. And on that, you can come a part of us. You can uh, choose to become partners with us. We have a three tier level that you can give it starting at 99 cents a month. And then we have another tier at $4.99 and then $9.99. So if this broadcast, The Defender, has been a blessing to you and is continuously pouring out God's truths to you and helping you grow in your faith, consider becoming a partner with James Fox Ministries and The Defender broadcast. So listen, we got something really intriguing and something that's really going to be satisfying for your spirit tonight or today for some people. So we want to thank uh, our international audience for coming aboard. We want to thank all of our listeners, wherever you may be. You could be doing anything at this time, but you chose to be with us. And so we are extremely grateful to have you on the broadcast with us this evening. Now, Today, we're going to discuss something and we're going to bring out something. And I know it's going to be uh, very enlightening for you. I think it's going to really set some people free and give you a, a right frame of mind and thought uh, about where you are in your walk. So if I had a title at all for this broadcast on this particular episode, it would be called Devil's Pie. That's right. That's what I said. This episode is called Devil's Pie. And as a subtopic of that, that would be corrupted Christianity. I know you're saying, wow, <laughs> where is he going with that? Well, just stay tuned because I think you're really going to uh, find out some truths about God's word and about the way things have been instituted and set up that really can be um, very detrimental to your walk with God. So before we begin, we want to thank God and just allow him to have his way on his broadcast. Can you pray with me? Father, we thank you tonight for the Defender broadcast. Thank you for the Resilient Christian Radio Network and those that are tuned in. Father, we just give you glory, honor, and praise. Father, we ask that you would just speak clearly, Holy Spirit, and that you would disseminate yourself and infuse us with your likeness, that we may know who you are. Father, we thank you and we praise you that this will go go forward tonight, unchecked by any outside force to do any kind of uh, damage to what you want to do for your people. We thank you for that. We ask to be forgiven of our sins and our trespasses. Lord, cleanse us now 
even before we come before your throne. God, cleanse us now, even before we begin to expound on your word, God, as you have put it in our spirit to do so. We thank you and we praise you. Let somebody be set free tonight. Let somebody be delivered tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you agree with that, I know you said amen. As I stated before, our broadcast this evening is called Devil's Pie. Now you say, why would you say something like that? Well, for one, you know, most people generally like pie. You know, pie is uh, is is sweet. Uh, it's got different uh, things in it. I mean, you know, there's different types of pies, and it's, and it's very good. Uh, people love it uh, all across the world in all different cultures. You know, there's always people that enjoy the daintiness of sweets or or, or dessert or pie. And so uh, tonight we're talking about devil's pie. And so we're still talking about something that seems to be sweet, seems to be enjoyable, but the author of it or the chef that prepared it was the devil himself. And so we need to be aware of that. Now, you're going to get an understanding of what we're talking about as we open up the word of God. Now, as we talk about pie, now pie is made with dough. We all know that. that dough is the foundation for pie. So dough is the base ingredient. It is the foundation of pie. Anytime you're going to bake a pie at the store, whatever, you get some dough or you're going to look for pie shells and the pie shells, they are made with dough. So that is the foundation. Now, if we was to add this word and we're going to look this word up, it's called leaven. And I know you've heard about it. That's L-E-A-V-E-N, leaven. And so if leaven is added to the dough, then it is changed. Yes, it is changed. When you add leaven to the dough, it is changed. In some instances, it's talking about yeast. And so we understand these things from a spiritual context. Now, see, the dough is like the base. And so our life when we become born again, the base of our life and our foundation, it is Christ. But as you're going to see, as we go forward in this broadcast, there's been many foreign elements that's been added to Christ. And because of that, Christ in his purest form has lost his potency and power when it comes to his outworking in the life of a believer. Did you, did you get that? So let's look this up. What are we understanding about this? Okay, so when we're talking about leaven, here in this definition in the uh, the Bible dictionary, King James Bible Dictionary says it's a mass of sourdough which mixed with a larger quantity of dough or paste, it produces fermentation in it and it renders it light. Did you catch that? So when you add some mixture into it, it makes it light. It loses its solidness. It loses its heaviness. And so symbolically for us as believers, that's what happens to you and I when we uh, go to places or when we connect ourselves with different, uh, whether it be ministries, church organizations, churches that we belong to, or uh, philosophies that we get involved in, teachers we get involved with. When we get involved with things that takes away from the reality of who Christ is, then it becomes corrupted. Did you get that? It becomes corrupted. And so we're going to understand this as we open up the word of God. So it makes it light. 
the fermentation process, it makes it light. It's not as heavy as it was before. And so that's what happens. Uh, see, when we get saved, we get we get to a place sometimes when we pattern ourselves after things in the world about, about what things and people are doing. You know, Christ in us becomes lightened. He becomes a place of where he doesn't have as much significance as he should have in our life. And that's because our activities or our practices or things that we do on a day-to-day basis, it takes away from the potency and the power of who he is in us. Did you did you get that? All right. So the second part of it says anything that makes a general change in the mass, or that's the, the completeness of it. It generally means something which corrupts or depraves that which with it is mixed. So what am I saying to you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, family, friends, I need you to hear me and really, t- really tune in, really tune in and key in uh, to what the spirit is saying. So we add things to Christ to lighten him in our spirit. We create a mixture. And many times in our life, the reason why we don't have victory in certain areas or things we want to do is because there's a mixture going on in our spirit. Did you hear that? There's a mixture. What do I mean by that? I mean, you want to do the church thing on Sunday, but you know, the night before you was doing everything not related to Christ. It means that on Monday morning, when you go to work, you're back doing the same things that you was doing, uh, all the week before, and you changed up your program for one day. You see, it means living a a hypocritical lifestyle, two different types of faces. We talked about that on our previous broadcast. And so we need to understand that, see, Christ in his fullness, there's certain things that the Lord approves of and disapproves of that we do not approve of and we disapprove of. They're on two separate spectrums. And so when you are a believer and you begin to add things other than Christ himself, you will come away with a a, a variant form. You won't come away with the real thing. And this is is what happens to so many of us uh, in the lives of believers. It's because of the mixture. And see, this has been the great plot and plan of the enemy from the beginning. And you'll see that as we go on. So what has happened is, is when this 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 pie that was originally constructed with Christ, when it becomes uh, fermented with the added varieties that the devil mixes in it, then it becomes something that is corrupted. It becomes something that is uh, uh, is is altered, and it doesn't have the same uh, originality to it. Do you understand that? And what I'm saying to you is that when you have Christ in his fullness, he is all that you need. He is all that I need. He is the fullness of it. But what has happened through time, through the centuries and through time, uh, different uh, institutions and different movements and things like that has added things to Christ and has taken away from the simplicity and the reality of who he is in our spirit. Did you get that? So what has happened is because our base and our foundation, which is Christ, has been altered by things that the enemy has thrown or sown in. What do I mean by that? I mean, what I'm saying by that is that when you feel like it's okay for you to do things that you did in the world, but still call yourself a believer or Christian, that's what I'm talking about. 
and it could be a host of different things. You know, it could be very different things, whether it might be, you know, you and uh, making excuses for drinking uh, or or smoking or uh, laying up with people or, you know, having, you know, relations outside of me. I mean, all these different kind of, you know, sins and things like that, things that people do. There's a there's a litany of them. But the base element of it is that we have gotten away from the simplicity and the reality of who Christ is. And because of the way we've been taught, we have accepted things that have been from the world or from the world system. And that has made us be confused as to how we're supposed to express Christ on a day to day basis. Did you get that? I hope you got that. I hope you all are following along with me. So we're going to give you a bit of understanding on what we mean. So we're going to open up. Let's go to the word of God. We're in the King James Version. We're going to go uh, to Exodus chapter 12. And this is going to give us a little bit of uh, backdrop as to what we mean and what we're saying. So Exodus chapter 12, we're going to start reading there. And this is going to give us a, a bit of understanding what we mean when we're talking about this leaven, this leaven that has been uh, instituted into Christendom as a whole. So Exodus 12 says, and the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be for the first month of the year to you. Verse three, speaking unto all the congregation of Israel, saying in the 10th day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. Now, as you understand this, uh, symbolically and spiritually, we always talking about the lamb and the lamb here. The Old Testament is a shadow or it's a type or it's a shadow, but the reality of it is Christ in the New Testament. So what we're saying here is that these things are always making reference to Christ. The different things that they did throughout the Old Testament, uh, different practices that they did, different things that they um, held up or what they did, all of these things had very significant meaning and it was representative of something that was coming later on. And so we understand here that according to the house of their fathers, it says a lamb for every house. How many of y'all know that Jesus is called the Lamb of God. He is called the Lamb of God. And we're getting ready to celebrate the Passover, what many would call Easter coming up here soon. And so uh, well, well, there's a lot that goes on with that, you know, as well. We don't have the time to get into that part, but uh, we know that Christ is signified as the Lamb. And so verse four says, and if the household be too little for the Lamb, let him and his neighbor next into his house, take it according to the number of the souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your account for the land. There's some very powerful um, scriptures here. I mean, it's very in-depth. It's, it's symbolic and it's it got spiritual significance. I mean, it really, really is. So verse five, we're going on because we're trying to get somewhere. So it says, your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. So still talking about this lamb. And the way this is laid up, as you do your own studying at times, we know that Jesus was the lamb. He was without blemish, meaning he had no sin. And so he was the Passover that they killed. He was the original Passover that they killed. The type of the shadow of it was the lamb in this Passover here that we're talking about in the Old Testament. OK, it says, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the house wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread. There we go. 
There's that part we're looking for, unleavened bread. And with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. It says, eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water, but roasted with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remain of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it. It's verse 11. With your loins girded, your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. That's powerful. Verse 12, it says, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. So just to give you a backdrop on this story, this is so symbolic and powerful, it, the way that this happened. It talks about our Lord and Savior. And so in this, we're talking about the Lord was judging all of these demonic principalities of Egypt. You see that? That's what he was saying. He said, I'm going to judge against all the gods of Egypt, little g. These are ones who have uh, set themselves up to try to be adversaries against the Lord. It says, and the blood shall be for you, for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So it's basically talking about the blood of the lamb. How many know, you know that Jesus died for you and I, he died for our sins. So he was the real Passover lamb because of his blood that was shed. We now can be forgiven for sin. And so this was a shadow uh, ladies and gentlemen, this was a type that it was talking about back in, but it was really speaking about Christ. Now, let's get to this next verse. It says, verse 14, and this day shall be unto you for a memorial and you shall keep it a feast of the Lord throughout your generation. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Then verse 15, this is the very powerful part that we're getting to. It says, seven days shall you eat unleavened bread. Even the first day you shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leaven bread from the first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. So we got a real understanding here now about what this passage of scripture is saying. It's letting us know that, you know, the leaven, as we spoke about before, the leaven is when you add something to something and see what has happened to us as believers. The enemy has created a mixture in Christianity. That's why we call this broadcast the devil's pie corrupted Christianity. See, your Christianity is corrupted when you continue to do things that have been added to and does not exemplify or uh, walk out the power of God in its truest form. It's a mixture. How many people know what that mixture is like? You say, like one day you're 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 singing praises to God one day, and then the next day you are just doing uh, demonically inspired things, you know. And so the enemy is very crafty. So he used Christianity as a mix to offset the original flavor of God. Did you get that? The enemy used Christianity as an offset to uh, mix up the original flavor of God. Now, we know that Christ is the base element. He is the dough. But when you ferment that dough, when you add leaven to that dough, when you add a mixture into that dough, into what Christ is, you're going to get something that is foreign. You're going to get something that is not in its original intent. This is why people get confused with 
people like us sometimes. We say we Christians, but we live one, one, one way and we preach another thing. You see that we will say something with our mouth, but our actions won't back up what we say. We'll live two separate types of uh, existences, and that creates confusion in the mind of a people. It is a mixture, and this is what goes on. So our spirit has been reborn and regenerated and saved. When you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your spirit became reborn. We talked about that on many broadcasts. So what the enemy does, he puts the leaven. The leaven he adds, he adds the leaven to our soulish faculties. What do I mean? He adds that mixture in our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's how he mixes things up. And so the spirit of uh, our spirit can't break free and really do all of what it is supposed to do as the base element of Christ because of all of the added ingredients that's been put in our soul, all of the things that's been added to our mind and to the way we feel and to the way we think. You see that? So this is what's happening to believers. And this is why many times people can't see the God in you because the devil in you is overpowering it. Did you get that? And that's where he resides. That's why we call it the devil's pie. You've had too much of the devil's pie, too much of the devil's pie. And you can't get the base element of what Christ is in your spirit. Because what did that pie look like? It looked sweet. It looked like it had sugar in it and it had different flavors in it and it had different um, varieties of fruits in it and, it and it looked so good and it smelled. See, this is what it is. And it's the sin nature. It's sin in and of itself. The Bible says that sin, it looks real good for a season, but in the end, it will result in death. Did you get that? It looks real good in the, in the beginning, but it will result in death. So it says seven days. Well, why is it saying seven days? Well, that's a day of completion in time. And it's saying you got to get this stuff out of your houses. So spiritually, what is that saying to you and me? That means that we got to get all the leaven out of our house. The house starts with you and me. It's us. It's on our temple. We got to clear out the leaven that's in us, the mixture that's in us. God wants to get out. You see that? So it said, whosoever eat leaven bread from the first day to the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off. So you won't have all of what God is ordaining for you to have if you allow this mixture to continue. I see it every day with people that I know, people that I love. Uh, you know, I mean, they got a mixture going on. And, and, and because of that mixture is making people confused and it's confusing them. Because they don't have a, a line set. They don't have a hard line of demarcation set up to where they're living the life that God has called them to live. And so it says in verse 16, and in the first day, there should be a holy convocation. And in the seventh day, there should be a holy convocation to you. No man of work shall be done in them. Save that which every man must eat, that only may be done of you. Verse 17, and you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. That's what it's talking about, that unleavened bread again. For in the selfsame day have I brought out your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore shall you observe this day in your generation by an ordinance forever. And then on it says in verse 18, in the first month on the 14th day of the month at even, you shall eat unleavened bread until the one and 20th day of the month at even. So all of these things are basically telling us, listen, the leaven is the mixture. The leaven is the sin element that's put into the foundation of Christ. This is anything that's added to Christ. This is why there's so many believers that are confused about who they are and what they're supposed to be doing in their life. 
because of the leaven that's been added, because of the mixture that's been added. Do you see that? And this has been the great confusion that has taken place and that has kept people bound for many, many centuries. And so we're going to get a little deeper in there as we understand it. Now, let's turn to the New Testament. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 16. Let's go there. Matthew chapter 16. We're going to begin reading there. And this is going to give us some more understanding about this mixture that we're talking about. It says, the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempted and desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. So here is these people. They come, these teachers and these lawyers and these doctors of the law. They came and they wanted to, they wanted Jesus to show them a sign. And so he answered and said to them, when it's evening, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, you hypocrites. He called them hypocrites. He said, you are hypocrites. And we talked about that. What is that? That is an actor. That is somebody who is feigning one way, but in reality, they are another way. This is what happens when that when you begin to succumb to uh, the temptation of eating the devil's pie, when you begin to let that thing get in you, you become a corrupted Christian. Do you see that? So I'll say, oh, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the sign of the times? He said, a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after sign. He basically, listen, everybody, y'all looking for a sign. Y'all just want a sign to come. And then it says in verse five, and when his disciples come to the other side, they have forgotten to take bread. He's talking about the bread again. They went all the way to the other side, but they forgot to bring bread. It said, then Jesus said unto them, take heed and beware. He said this. He said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And it said, they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we've taken no bread. See, they was, they was kind of dull in the head. <laughs> they was like, what are you talking about? Because we ain't taking no bread. And then Jesus proceeded. He said, he said, listen, you of little faith. He said, why are you reasoning among yourselves? Because you have brought no bread. He said, don't you understand? He said, neither remember the five loaves of the 5,000, how many baskets you took up. He said, don't you remember neither the seven loaves of the 4,000, how many baskets you took up. He said, how is it then that you don't understand that I spoke? it not to you concerning bread, but that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. All right. He says, so listen, y'all still on the natural stuff. I'm trying to teach you things of a spiritual nature, but you still dealing with the natural stuff. Then verse 12 says, oh, it says, then understood. They understood. They how that he had bade them. He's basically telling them, not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. See, that's very powerful right there. You need to get that. See, before in the chapter, we was talking about bread as a type and shadow and the leaven being added to the bread. That was the natural correspondence of it. But in this part, he's warning them to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. What does he mean by that? He's talking about the doctrine. What does that mean? He's talking about the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He's basically telling us that, listen, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, corrupt teaching that takes us away from the simplicity and holiness of living Christ will keep you out of the reality of the kingdom of God. Did you get that? So you'll always look like you're arriving somewhere, but you'll never get to that place of destination. 
You always look like you are about to get there and you are right on the cusp and it looks like you are about to arrive somewhere. But because of leaven, because of a doctrine that's been taught to you, that has kept you out of the promise. Do you know how many believers, how many Christians worldwide have been caught up in bondage because of wrong doctrine and teaching? Do you, do you realize that? Do you realize for generations there's been families and there's families right now that are still continue in bondage because there's been leaven that's been put in doctrine? What do I mean by that? I mean doing traditional things that have no spiritual reality. Did you get that? I mean, doing things that we do it just because we just did it all. We always did it this way, but it doesn't have any real significance. It doesn't bring me closer to God. And there could be a many different practices. I don't have to point out all of them, but you can just take that and know that that's what we mean. So this is giving us a key understanding about what leaven or about what a mixture, about what bringing in sinful elements will do to believers. It will literally destroy the life of the believer. So it says here that corrupt teaching is what did it. Here, he said, but listen, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He's telling them, beware of the way that they think, beware of the way that they talk, beware of their doctrine and what they teach. See, many of us, family and friends, will be further along if we had discernment as to when we hear things coming from the pulpit or coming from people that we consider to be spiritual authorities in our life. Did you get that? See, that's why we say on the defender, listen, we want you to open up your Bible. We want you to pray. We want you to, to seek God. We want you to find out what the Lord is saying to you. Because if you don't get the truth as the way God puts it out, then you'll never get it. And you'll never get the freedom that comes with it. So he's saying, beware of the leaven Beware of the mixture. Beware of that stuff that they put in you that will cause you to walk away from God. Beware of that stuff that they put in you that will cause you to not manifest what God is wanting you to manifest. Are y'all following with this tonight? I wish I had this up on a screen or we was doing this, you know, uh, in, in video form that I was talking to you all because so I could hear your responses. Because I want to know if this is really uh, triggering something in you. Are you really getting a, a keen understanding of what we're talking about here? Because it's very powerful for you to understand. So we understand this. And this is very, very powerful that you understand it. So the mixture comes in. And so the enemy will always use things, even if it looked like it's God, to snare the people of God. Did you get that? He will always use these kinds of things that looks to be appealing. This is why so many things in Christianity looks appealing and it looks like it's something that, that we can do. But even in, in, in that, the enemy will use that to snare people. And this is the same thing that when it happened in, in the garden, he got into Adam. He was able to get into him. And this is the same thing he does. He wants to get into us by the things that we pursue. And so if he can get into the things that are constituted by God and corrupt those things, then we'll be ingesting things that's of the enemy and not even know that we are taking it in. Did you get that? See, these things happen 
uh, back in time, you know, uh, in, in, in these times, this is when uh, there was a great mixture that went on. Uh, there was the church and then the church was mixed in with different things, different heretical doctrines and teachings came in uh, through various institutions uh, that would cause people to go away from Christ. So anytime, I don't care where you are, any kind of uh, church you're at or any ministry you're up on, if you see these people or, or what they're doing and they're getting away from the content of who Christ is, then you need to run. Did you get that? You need to run because Christ is the fullness of everything that we need. He's the absolute fullness of everything we need. And so we talk about that. Now, in another parable, he's talking about this thing again. And this is in Matthew chapter 13. In Matthew chapter 13, let's turn there. In Matthew chapter 13, he's talking to his people again. And he's talking to them about another parable. He's been talking about the kingdom of the heavens. And so he says this again. And this is the reference that he makes. And this is very key that we get this. He says in verse 33, he says, another parable spake he unto them. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven. There's that word again, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal. Did you get that? And it's very, this is very key that you get this. He says that he, that she hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leaven. So what is that telling you and me? That's saying that this symbolic act of this woman is taking these three measures of meal and she hid in the three measures of meal until the whole lump of it or all of it was leaven. So what is that telling you and me? That means that these evil teachings mixed with Christ having a form of godliness but denying the power of God. It talks about that in 2 Timothy chapter 3. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'm just going to read that. It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, False accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Verse four, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And here's that powerful verse that it says, and that's verse number five. It says, having a form of godliness, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. It says, for such, from such, turn away. So we understand that, listen, these things have been mixed into Christianity. I'm going to read a note here from the Recovery Bible. It talks about that a bit. And it talks about this thing about the church being the practical kingdom of the heavens and Christ being as the fine flower. But what has happened is there was... Uh, Something that happened in the sixth century. Something happened in the sixth century when the Roman Church was fully officiated. And see, this this came up this came about through Constantine when he uh, brought in uh, a whole bunch of unbelievers into the kingdom of or into the church, and then he amassed this thing. This is what just trips me out. 
when uh, uh, people are doing this uh, this stuff about uh, joining all faiths together and we're all up under one body and uh, you see the bumper stickers with all different kind of variations of different belief systems on there. Well, listen, I'm telling you, there cannot be a mixture like that. There cannot be a mixture like that and it be Christ. That's when you're adding things to it. Uh, I was at, at work today and looked at somebody's bumper sticker today and saw um, something on there. And I, I could just tell just by looking, I mean, may or not have been, but she looked like, you know, her and her husband in the car. And I'm sure probably I would have asked them if they were believers. They probably would have said yes. But the very sticker that they had on the car was something that was altered, what was was so demonic. But they probably had no idea of the depth of the demonic influence that it is. Yet they are part of an order, part of a, a fraternal uh, order of some sort that was totally against Christ. So you see, that's just an instance. So this is what I'm saying. You cannot continue to mix things. When there's a mixture that goes on, you're going to always have an amalgamation. When there's a mixture going on, then it's going to be something that's going to be mutated. And this is what I wanted to tell you about. That's what happens to you and me. When we don't get proper teaching, when we don't get proper doctrine, when we don't eat Christ. That's what Christ is talking about. We got to ingest him. We have to eat him. We have to be consumed with Christ. When we don't get him on a day-to-day -day basis, then our bread gets uh, infiltrated. It gets fermented with different added elements and these added elements. So th that's, that's what our spirit gets. Do you see that? So when we do that, we're adding all these things into our spirit and we're corrupting the very nature or very essence of who Christ is in our spirit. Did you get that? So this is why we understand that we have to have a line set. It has to be a line drawn. So this is why it tells us about the measures here. Then this woman, this woman was symbolic of this, this Roman church. This woman was symbolizing. It talks about her, the great Babylon. It talks about her in the book of Revelation, how the kings of the earth commit fornication with her, how they are induced by the wine and they commit spiritual fornication. They call her a harlot. And see that that's what is happening now. And this is what we have now. It's a mixture, so much of a mixture in the body of Christ that you don't know what's real and what's not because they've added so much to the reality of who Christ is. They added the different elements or the different ingredients. And they put a little bit of this in, they put a little of that in it. And because of that, it's taken away from who Christ really is. So this is a mixture that became corrupted. It's a corrupted content of the outward appearance of the kingdom of the heavens. And this is what has happened. You know, when we get uh, pagan practices, heretical teachings, these different things that we bring into the body of Christ and we allow these things to germinate and festate and they become practices of our daily life without us even recognizing what we're doing. This is why we need true apostles and prophets. We need the foundation of the church to be back set in order because believers are going astray because people have been able to bring in their own different takes on what they think is this and what they think is that, and it's taken away from the reality of who Christ is. So here in Matthew chapter 16, it talks about that, and we just read about that. And so we're also discussing that this is the bread 
that we're talking about. Now, we've been talking about the unleavened bread, and we talked about Christ, uh, how he is the Passover lamb, but he's also the bread. And here we're going to read this in John 6. In John chapter 6, this is Jesus, and he's dealing with his people again, and he's talking to them, and he's trying to let them know uh, about something that they are they are searching for. And so he's talking about this in John chapter six. And there's been some miracles that has taken place. So picking up in verse 26, he says, Jesus answered them. So he's talking back to the people. He said, listen, he said, verily, verily. He said, listen, I'm saying unto you. He said, you're seeking me, not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. So he's making a reference back to the bread. He was following Jesus because he had some form to eat. He had bread for them. You see, but then he says in 27, he says, don't labor, don't work for the meat, which perish. Basically telling you, listen, don't worry about the natural things. He said, but for that meat, which endure unto everlasting life, which the son of man shall give unto you for him, have the God, God, the father seal. And so then they said to him, they said, well, okay, Jesus, what, what are we going to do that we might work the works of God? And this is what he said. He said, this is the work of God that you believe on him who he has sent. Then they said to him, they said, what sign? Here they go talking about signs again. Shall we see and believe and what does the work? They said, listen, our fathers, our progenitors, those who came before us, they did eat manna in the desert. And as is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Here we're talking about bread again. And so we always on this broadcast trying to uh, explain and, and, and admonish you and encourage you to take Christ as the substance for your life. Do you get that? Family and friends, ladies and gentlemen, you have to eat Christ on a day-to-day -day basis. This is the thing that we're talking about. So Jesus said unto them, he said, verily, verily, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. He said, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. Verse 33, he says, for the bread of God is he which come down from heaven and give life unto the world. So what is he telling us? He's saying, listen, I am the bread of life. Me, Jesus, I am the bread of life. You consume me. You dine on me. You ingest me. And you must do this without it being unleavened. He's saying, listen, don't add nothing to me. Just take me for who I am. Did you get that? Take the Lord for who he is. Take his word for what he says it is. Take me for who I am. You don't have to add anything to me. I'm complete all in myself. Do you see that? So it says, then said then unto the Lord, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said to him, he said, listen, I'm telling you. He said, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. He said, but I say unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. He's trying to get them to understand that he is the bread of life, that he is what you must consume. Then the Jews in, in verse 41, this is what they said. They murmured. Here they go complaining again. They mad because he said, I'm the bread which came down from heaven. You see that? So you want to always have that. And then in verse 47, he said, verily, verily, I said in you, like he's really pleading with them. He said, listen, he that believes on me has his everlasting life. Then verse 48, he said, I am that bread of life. 
He said, your fathers did eat the manna in the wilderness. And what happened to them? They're dead. Verse 50, he says, but this is the bread which come down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. Verse 51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. He's basically giving them a spiritual reality, but he's breaking it down in the physical realm so they can understand it. Do you get that? And see, this is many times what has to happen with the word of God. It's basically just telling us in the simplistic forms is this. Don't add or bring anything to Christ. Don't alter him. Don't think you got to create something new with him. Just let the Lord be who he is in the fullness of who he is. Did you get that? See, this, this is what we need in this day and time. This is the kind of understanding that we must have. In order for us to get what God has called us to do and called us to be, we've got to understand the reality of what that is. So Jesus is here telling, he said, listen, I am the bread of life. And so this is what has happened to us as a group or a body of believers. We have let leaven come in. We've let heretical doctrines come in. We've let teachings come in that has taken us away from the reality of who Christ is. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is what has to stop. If you're under a ministry or you're somewhere and they're not giving you the fullness of who Christ is, then you must seek to find out where he is in your daily time, consuming him yourself, because he is the reality of who God is. Do you get that? So we understand from this particular passage of what we've been talking about. There's various different things that can take you away from the reality of who Christ is. One of them is called doctrine. And we talked about that doctrine or the teaching And he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. You see that beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, because when you continue to eat on this pie that we've been talking about, this devil's pie, then you will be a mutated Christian. And we said that a mutation. What is a mutation? A mutation is the changing of the structure of a gene resulting in a variant form that may be transmitted to subsequent generations. Man, that's powerful. What is it saying? So that's going back into the book of Genesis. The mutation took place in Adam when he ingested the enemy and the enemy became a part of his DNA construct. And it says subsequent generations. Well, that's you and me. And so the Lord Jesus had to come as the bread of life. He had to come as the lamb of God. He has to come as the unleavened bread. All of these types and shadows he came, but he is the full reality of it. So we get all of that when we just get him. You see that it says caused by the alteration of a single base unit in the DNA. What is it? What is a mutation? Is the deletion or the insertion or the rearrangement of larger sections of genes or chromosomes? So in the spiritual reality, we can say that our Christianity, our Christian gene has been altered. When we allow leaven to come into our life, when we allow wrong teachings to come into our life, when we allow traditions of men to come into our life, that is the leaven that alters the reality of who Christ is in our spirit. Do you see that? That's adding things to it. We talked about that. See, this, this broadcast, ladies and gentlemen, I told you 
from the beginning, you was going to get a treat. <laughs> As we said it out in the beginning, we said that we're calling this broadcast Devil's Pie Corrupted Christianity. And so you can see through what we presented tonight, what we're talking about. And this is why we got to get back to the basic of reality. We got to get back to who God is in our spirit. See, as we said before, you are tripartite being. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you're living in a body. That's your existence. That's my existence. When we get born again, God comes into our spirit. That's where he is. He's locked up in our spirit. But we have a soul that's in the process of being saved. And this is the part where the devil uses this Christendom tree. He uses this this is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. See, he uses that because see, good things can be, I mean, good things, but it don't mean that they're God things. This is why people can eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and still feel like they are heaven bound when really they fast going to hell. Did you get that? See, that's, that's why we've got to get an understanding. It's the devil's pie. He's made a mixture in this pie. And because of that, the foundation has been corrupted. There's been leaven that's been added to the base element. The base element of the foundation of the pie is the dough. And we talked about that. That's the where you started out at. That's where you and I start out at. Our belief is Christ. And so as we go on through life, many people and many things can come into our life that can alter us or put stuff into us that gets us away from who Christ really is. That's what we're saying to you this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be uh, taken away. Don't be enticed by the devil's pie. Don't become a corrupted or a mutated Christian. Don't let yourself get mutated. Don't do things that is contrary to who he is. You see that? So this is this is things that has to be brought out. These are things that have to be taught. That's why we need apostolic plowing. We need uh, a, a true apostolic teaching and preaching and, and prophetic utterances and declarations so that we can be free from this stuff. Because there's too many people who are bound up in lifeless things because it's got such a mixture in it, it loses its power. You see that? It loses its power because it's got such a mixture of things in it. And this is where we are uh, in this day and time. We don't want to be mutated Christians. We don't want to be uh, people that have no power. You see that? And see, these are some things that they're doing right now. And that's what's happening. The enemy has used technologies. He's used spiritual technologies to alter the DNA of the believer. Did you get that? I'm going to say that one more time so you can really get it. The enemy has used it. He's used satanic technologies to alter the DNA of the believer. And what is that called today? You've heard about it. Everybody's talking about it. It's called gene editing. Gene editing. It's called it's called gene editing. It's, it's manipulating genetic material. That's the definition. When you edit genes, they had they call it the CRISPR. Uh, uh, they call it CRISPR. And there's different scientists that are out there that have uh, mutated genes and and created gene edited babies and things like that. These are uh, things that are going on where people are playing with the actual uh, construct of life. 
And this is what has happened. It's called gene editing. Well, spiritually speaking, this is what the enemy has done when he created this devil's pie. He created this devil's pie by doing gene editing. He started altering. He started putting leaven. He started adding different things. He said, well, since God is who he is, since since he's already created everything and I can't do anything about that, the only thing I can do is try to instigate and try to infiltrate his offspring and to become one with him so that I can get involved in the plans of God and delete God from what he want to do. You see that? That's that's the real scheme of the whole thing, ladies and gentlemen. And so that's what this gene editing is. Gene editing is the manipulation of the genetic material of a living organism. And you do that by deleting, replacing, or inserting a DNA sequence. Did you get that? So that's what we mean. That's what we're talking about. This devil's pie. The devil's pie is a combination of technologies that has been edited and has altered the base element of Christ. Let that sink for a minute. I'll repeat it one more time. The devil's pie is a combination of technologies that has edited and altered the base element of Christ. And that's what has happened. And that's why we have so much confusion in the churches. That's why we have so much confusion in the lives of believers because there's been a altering and a and a uh, God playing with the genetic material of the believer. See, the only thing that the enemy can work with is our soul. You see that? The only thing he can work with is our soul. And so he tries to corrupt our soul by adding different things or getting us to believe things, getting us to behave in certain ways because our soul is composed of our mind, the way we think, our will, what we espouse to do, and our emotions, how we feel. So he plays in that realm. He stays in that arena. And because he's very crafty at doing that, it it, it makes people uh, miss the mark time and time again. So that's what we mean. That's the gene editing. That's what we mean, being a mutated Christian. We don't want to be mutated. We want to, we don't want to be a mutant. You know, this this is not X-Men Christianity. We're not X-Men Christians. We're not mutants. You see that? We want the whole of God. And so this is why we got to get back to the basics of who the foundation of God is. Where's the foundation in the dough that had no leaven in it? Where's the foundation of it? The flower. Christ is the fine flower. You see that Christ is the fine flower. He's the sifted flower. He's fine, very fine. You see that very fine, the fine flour that we find that we bake everything with. We bake our lives based on the foundation of who he is. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, we've been using natural occurrences. We've been using natural realities to convey spiritual truths to you on this broadcast. Now, uh, I understand that uh, this may be uh, a bit much. It may not be. 
I mean, you'll have to make that decision, but take the broadcast and go back and look up and study. Study the unleavened bread. Study uh, the leavened bread. Study, study these things so that you can show yourself approved. We only bring these things out to cause you to go deeper into your study of the word of God. We bring these things out so that you would go deeper in your quest for knowing Christ. And we always want to get back to the simplicity and the reality of who Christ is, because that, ladies and gentlemen, is the only way that you and I are going to truly be free. We have to have him in the base element of who and what he is. And that's how we get free. So, ladies and gentlemen, tonight's broadcast has been titled Devil's Pie with a subtopic titled corrupted Christianity. And of course, we could have we could have went on and we could have went even deeper into how these things uh, came about. Uh, but just know that all you got to do is turn on the television, look out your window. I mean, you go to church, you do all these things, but you can see uh, how the enemy has corrupted the very thing that God calls sacred. You can see it when we look at ourselves in the mirror, when we're dealing with our own individual lives. You can see how uh, the enemy ingested himself in the DNA construct of man and how God, through his sovereignty and through his grace and truth, came as Jesus Christ for us to be able to inhabit him, believe on him and inhabit him and have the Holy Spirit as his representative living in and through us. So once again, my name is James Fox. This is The Defender. We are on every Sunday at 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We pray that this broadcast has opened your eyes and enlightened you and given you something to pray about, something to study about, and something to think on. We will see you again next week at the same time. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful week. We'll see you soon. God bless. The Defender is an online radio broadcast geared toward teaching the Word of God. Our aim is to present the scriptures of the Bible in an informative, systematic process that exalts the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We strive for the inerrant and accurate interpretation of the scriptures by revelation from the Holy Spirit. We are established to give us counsel as pertains to what he has revealed in his word. Tune in next time for The Defender. The Defender is copyrighted by James Fox Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.